0: one day everybody welcome to rumor and innuendo i am house of wrestling's nick hausman
1: and i'm wwe creative issues robert karpolis
0: we have a big show here for you today we are going to be talking all about wwe smackdown new year's revolution royal rumble plans chris jericho being announced for battle of the belts we got matt striker controversy and we're going to end on a positive note here today talking a little bit of our good friend Mustafa Ali, who picked up a big win over on the other side of the pond in France. The comment section is open. You can be like Brad Becker here, saying "Good morning, everybody." Cadillac Carson saying "Showtime." If you want to let your opinion be heard, we may pull your comment up here onto the show. Uh, and of course, if you're listening to us in podcast form, thanks for joining us that way as well. And uh, as Joseph is pointing out here today, we're gonna to get to Billy in the CW. You know what, Joseph? If we've got time, if we've got time, we'll get into it. But, hey, let's get into it right here. Let's not waste another minute. Uh, WWE SmackDown presented their New Year's Revolution edition on Friday night. Big main event, AJ Styles, LA Knight, Randy Orton competing to find out who's going to be the number one contender to Roman Reigns at the Royal Rumble. Well, Roman wasn't having any of it. Him, Solo, Sokoa, Jimmy, Paul Heyman, they came out in the main event. They beat down everybody ringside. Nick Aldis approaches Paul Heyman. And he says, Paul, your boy, he should uh, he should be sorry for his own actions because now he's got a fatal four-way at the Royal Rumble. Now, the observer saying uh, the original plan was just to do Orton and Roman heads-up, but some people did not want to see Randy Orton lose this quickly right after his return. So now we're going to get this fatal four-way match. Now, uh, there's another segment involving Paul that I want to get to here on the show in just a moment. But, Robert, how did you feel... Uh, the this this match was put together this big match for the royal rumble
1: yeah so on my on my other podcast uh wrestle Rose, i had actually predicted that this was going to be the exact finish we were going to get a a triple threat match and then bloodline come out because it's no dq you get a schmoz and you wind up in this in this fatal four-way match it makes a lot of sense for a couple of reasons i think first and foremost I don't want to see Randy Orton get beat right out the gate. You had a lot of hot returns in a very short window of time. CM Punk, The Rock, Randy Orton. You don't want to burn through Orton and Roman as a one-off at the Royal Rumble. Having three guys in there, you can beat one of them, LA Knight. And it also helps because it's taking AJ Styles, LA Knight, and Orton out of the Rumble match itself, which is fewer high-profile guys you have to eliminate. So when you when you just become another elimination in the match and you're not one of the final four, we tend to read into that and thinking, oh, this guy is not prominent going forward. So with we'll get to it later with Kevin Owens, him having a match and now L.A. Knight, A.J. and Orton not being in the Rumble. Nobody expected those guys to win. They would have just been a body over the top rope. Kind of glad they're getting a high profile spot elsewhere.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you brought up LA Knight as the fall guy here. You know, I've seen some people say that this is a chance to maybe get the titles off of Roman Reigns no. for Elimination Chamber or, or WrestleMania. And people really seem to be like convincing themselves that this Rock Roman Reigns match is going to happen at Elimination Chamber. It's become one of these like talking points where it's just become like some people just think that that's the path. I, 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 how do you not do this match at WrestleMania, Robert? It just, I don't care. What the stage is, I know everybody's desperate to see Cody end his story, but if you're going to do Rock Roman, all the titles at WrestleMania, that's I I don't know why you would not do that. I'm just I just don't get it why you wouldn't go through with it.
1: I think it depends on it depends on Rock's availability first and foremost. You know, he showed up at Rumble or if sorry, in this build to Rumble, uh, he he obviously has a lot on his slate. Hollywood is now open. It's back in business. He may have movies scheduling timing. So Elimination Chamber may just be the only option that he has for his schedule. We talked about this before that the Australian government really making a strong push that they want Rock to be there. So that's always a strong possibility. And there's also that Cody factor. Cody failed last year. If he doesn't even get to the main event this year, at what point are you going to see diminished returns from a guy
0: who is a major merchandise mover? Yeah. Uh, Well, the other Paul Heyman segment I wanted to talk about was he did respond to the rock. Before you you get
1: to that, I I just want to make one last thing on that segment, because I think there's an important production note that a lot of people really aren't paying attention to that warrants being talked about, which is this was the first SmackDown without Kevin Dunn. And the way they pulled off that Paul Heyman, Nick Aldis moment at the end Required such precision by the camera people, the audio people, the entire setup. You have Roman celebrating in the ring in the background. You have Paul and Nick Aldis in the foreground. There's no microphone. And you had Nick Aldis at that moment tell Paul it's going to be a four-way. You get Heyman's reaction. That is really trusting your performers, your camera people, your production team to pull that off. And we just watched the Golden Globes last night and saw how hard live television is. What they did on SmackDown in a post Kevin Dunn era, that little moment right there impressed me more than anything else.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, because the, I would imagine the camera had some kind of shotgun mic on top of it that they had to get kind of close to to catch any audio. But you're right; it's very difficult to catch moments like that. And I was watching the episode to see if there was as many quick cuts as we'd seen uh, under Kevin Dunn's you know leadership. It didn't feel that dramatically different than than the style. Did you notice anything else or no?
1: No, that was the biggest takeaway that I had. I think the the quick cuts is the nature of its HD. You have to be able to try to hide some of those close punches, those kicks. You want to make things feel impactful. The audience is just kind of pre-programmed for those quick cuts. I don't think they'll fade away immediately, but I'm sure over time, whoever gets into that chair is going to put their fingerprints on it. But as you were saying, there was another Paul Heyman promo we wanted to get to.
0: Yeah, there was a there was a segment in the middle where Paul addressed Roman Reigns or, or the Rock, saying that he wanted to sit at the head of the table. Uh, I don't need to read the whole thing. I got the whole thing transcribed over at House of Wrestling. There was this one line uh, that kind of summed up Paul's feelings here. Uh, and he said, there's only two ways in the world to guarantee going viral. One date, Taylor Swift had two, call out Roman Reigns, basically saying Rock called out Roman Reigns because he just wants a bunch of attention. This is the way to get it. You know, not a huge furtherance here, but they are cooking. Robert, they're cooking here. They're they're starting the, the simmer to what's going to be this match wherever it may take place.
1: And Paul Heyman is so good at what he does because not only was he mentioning The Rock, he name drops John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes, CM Punk. He is reminding you all these are all folks that could show up at any point in time. They could all come after Roman Reigns, but more importantly, they are now actively in the mix going into WrestleMania It's why Heyman is, is so amazing at
0: what he does is does Roman come out of mania still with the titles? Do we see, does he conquer everything? Does he leave yet again, champion at WrestleMania 40?
1: If he faces the rock. Yes. If he faces Cody, no, I think we, I had laid out a scenario before of Roman losing the title to Cody and possibly solo finishing off the rock to set up tension there between who's going to lead the bloodline. Otherwise, Rock losing to Roman and Roman moving closer to eclipsing that Hogan milestone. We talked about this is the 40th anniversary of Hogan or Hulkamania being created. I think Hulkamania right. being torn down this year. That'd be interesting.
0: Well, I personally think my favorite part of SmackDown was this new faction we got that debuted. Uh, Karrion Cross is now aligned with Scarlett, Authors of Pain, and Paul Ellering. Uh, they targeted Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits. It was really impressive. They hit the, you know, AOP hit their super collider on the Street Profits. You saw Kerry Cross hitting his downward spiral on Bobby Lashley. I like the people. I like the pairing. I like the tone and I love the visual. This is by far, I think, the coolest Kerry Cross has ever been presented. And it's only been like a minute and a half. I'm very interested to see where this goes.
1: I think you forgot the gladiator retire that Vince had him wear.
0: Oh, sorry. Second best presentation. Second
1: best. There were two striking takeaways from that. Number one, yes. Cross and AOP looked fantastic. The other part of that is Lashley and the Street Profits. This heel turn that they tried to do with Bobby and the Street Profits has not worked well. Because Mm -hmm. the crowd wants to cheer Lashley. They think they know he's a specimen. They know he's incredible in the ring. They want to cheer him. They love the Street Profits. I get what they were trying to do. And it feels like this is Hunter calling an audible and saying, all right, we're going to listen to you and we're going to get some fantastic, some fantastic six man tag matches. I paused myself because the number of six man groups that exist in WWE right now, I don't want them to make a trios title, but damn, they have a hell of a trios
0: division. They do. Well, they just have stables, right? Like they're going back to what really was my favorite part of the attitude era, Monday night war, whatever, where there was just all these factions, right? You had guys picking sides. You could kind of, find yourself in like the group that you you know felt like you identified the most with. And, you know, everybody you had all these interesting matchups you could do, the multi-mans, the single matchups, more stables. Now, Vince really moved away from that because Vince just loves, I guess, those individuals, you know, you can put them up on a poster. I can sell one guy a lot easier than I sell a group, but that's not Hunter's vibe. And as it, we're continuing to find out what WWE is really going to look like under Hunter's leadership, stables are a part of that. Factions are a part of that. Managers are a part of that i just I just loved it. I thought this was uh, top to bottom, just very, very well done. excellent debut of the group. Very, very excited to see where it goes.
1: I think they look great. I think AOP immediately moving into the tag title situation is really interesting. Cross and Lashley, I think will be a really fun match. And this is one of those stories. talked about this before, guys. going into the Rumble, the more interpersonal issues you have in a thirty man match, the more fun the rumble is itself. Yeah, I don't think Lashley's going to win. I don't think Cross is gonna win. I sure as hell think they're going to confront each other in that match, and we're going to get a great moment.
0: Uh, Cadillac Carson here in the comment section. I still want Cross to shave his head. I will die on that hill. I have seen a lot of people that don't like Cross with hair. I personally don't mind. Any hard, stiff takes on Cross's hair? I don't like
1: Cross bald. I think that he looks more either. interesting with the hair. When he was bald and and really supernaturally, fine. But I think him with hair, is a good-looking guy. He conveys himself really well. I hope he keeps it trim. I don't want him getting the weird Wardlow hair.
0: He is yoked, too. That dude has spent some time in the gym. Everybody knows right now is a money-making time in WWE. Everybody's jacked at the moment. Um, Well, there's Kevin Owens still being Kevin Owens, I guess. Uh, But that doesn't matter because KO is very, very over. Uh, He won the U.S. title tournament. He confronted Logan Paul after the win. And now it's going to be Kevin Owens versus Logan Paul. Um, Now, Logan, have you seen all the crypto zoo stuff coming back up about Logan Paul and like the kind of there's like a re-anger brewing towards Logan Paul? Have you heard about this? Do you know what's going on with the crypto zoo thing with him? I I vaguely remember something
1: a long time ago. I haven't seen anything of late.
0: Oh well, it's been all over my timeline again. He's like got he's. Long story short, he he created this kind of crypto game, I guess, or whatever, and. You could use a point oh one or 0.1 Ethereum to buy some token, a little egg, to be a part of this game. There were some bad actors involved that, that took over it, I guess, or whatever. So he says, at the end of the day, nobody made any money on this thing, okay? And they're all very upset about the way it was presented. Logan Paul has promised a buyback program over a year ago. Nobody's been paid back on this thing. Then there's these other crypto things in the past where logan paul has been involved with crypto coins or currency he goes and he hypes the cryptocurrency everybody goes they buy the cryptocurrency the price of the crypto goes up and his moment it goes up he sells and then everybody loses money except logan paul it's called a pump and dump now it's happened three times i guess in the past with logan before the crypto zoo phenomenon um (laughs) jeff Hinzer just jumping in saying crypto is a scam get out of town You and I know that Jeff, I, you know, and if you know, if you know the industry, if you know how to do crypto and that's your business, you can make money on it. Great. But it does sound like there are a lot of people out there that have lost money because of Logan Paul and they're, they're upset right now. And I know it's something I'm just putting on your plate here at the moment, but I really thought that I should bring it up to everybody because I know there's a lot of people in other communities just outside the wrestling bubble that seem pretty upset with Logan Paul right now. Um, And uh, as we're, you know, art artist conversation going on in pro wrestling. I thought I'd bring that up in case people wonder why some people just really don't like Logan Paul and not just because he's a heel.
1: Yeah. I think that's unfortunate. Um, I, again, vaguely remember this happening before. Haven't done enough on it right now. Crypto and wrestling, not a great mix unless you're Ric Flair. I think Ric (laughs) Flair launched his own, his own crypto coin. And if you're going to sink your financial future in with the nature boy, I mean, that sounds like a fantastic idea. I'll be curious to see if there's anything new that comes out about this Logan Paul thing or if this is just continued sour grapes and people are angry. (sighs) To quote the social network, the the courts are always at your disposal. And if something occurred that you feel strongly enough that you want to take legal action against whomever may have absconded with your your funds – Feel free to do so. In the meantime, you can tune in and watch Kevin Owens punch him in the face.
0: That is that is a fact, yes. And I do believe there's a class action suit right now. So I encourage everybody to go do their research. We'll talk about it again. Robert's a lawyer. He can look into this. We can have another conversation about Logan. But just wanted to put that out there because I know it is a big story that's kind of, it's taking hold a little bit in wrestling circles, but just outside wrestling circles, I know it's a real conversation that's being had about Logan. He's getting it from every direction. I don't, have you seen the South Park episode where they rip him in prime?
1: I know they mentioned that, but it didn't stop Patrick Mahomes from doing that little video with him the other no. day. So, I, I just think he's uh, the hot thing right now, and and we'll see how it goes.
0: Tyler Bate made his SmackDown debut, tagged with his old friend slash occasional enemy Pete Dunne, to be pretty deadly. The next day, he was officially added to the www- WWE.com dot com SmackDown roster page. That was a, you got it. Was, I. I Just barely got it over the line. Um, He came across like a star. He looked like he was having the time of his life. I had to go back and do some research into Tyler to write this article about him. Did not know, did not remember. He was only 19 when he signed, and he won the NXT UK Championship. It has been a long road for him to get here. He's only like 28 right now. Um, But, look, the guy could go. One of my favorite matches I've ever seen live was him versus Pete Dunne, NXT TakeOver Chicago. I'm sure he's going to be great. Yeah,
1: I didn't. I loved the, what he wound up doing in that match. I didn't love the way they debuted him, just because the hype here was you had pretty deadly going up against Butch. Butch is all on his own. Rich Holland is gone. I think that audience expected this to be Seamus, and then when it wasn't Seamus, they were disappointed, even though they got a really fantastic match. So a little bit of a maybe expectations not meeting reality, but. Over time, I think Tyler Bate and, and Butch are gonna be really, really tremendous. And this may lead to Butch becoming Pete Dunne again in some form or fashion.
0: Yeah, for sure. And look, I love the double type double double Tyler Driver 97. God damn, the words are hard this morning, right? Um, love the finishing maneuver. And and again, these guys just work together really well. They know each other like the back of their hands. Uh, lastly here on SmackDown, um, just before the show went live, there was a pre-show dark match. Gable Stevenson. Defeated Cedric Alexander. Now my timeline exploded with people saying, "Talk about Gable Stevenson. Talk about the allegations against Gable Stevenson." Um, because there are people that are still booing Gable Stevenson because, again, art artist uh, type issues here. So yes, in 2019, he was alleged to have committed sexual assault. He, and, uh, a friend of his, uh, on a woman at University of Minnesota. Uh, six months after the allegation, he was cleared due to lack of evidence. Obviously, that hasn't satiated a lot of people who still feel there was some wrongdoing here. But if you were wondering why Gable was booed uh, during his previous appearances by some people, that's why, because of that. (laughs) And uh, also, I just know that there are people um, in and around WWE that just aren't thrilled with Gable's work. Like, they, of course, like Olympic gold medalists, right? The guy did the backflip at the Olympics, looks like a pro wrestler. There's a reason they wanted to try to make this work. But I just know that there are people that just have not been thrilled with the work he's done in the ring. And if you go back again, yeah, go back and watch that Baron Corbin match, his last major match in NXT. Fans ate his lunch, man. They didn't want to have anything to do with Gable Stevenson. So I do wonder what they're going to do with Gable right now. It does seem like he's tainted. He's like a dinged up can of beans at the moment. For fans to cheer Baron Corbin, you really have to be
1: uh, a soulless monster. Uh, that's yes. that's pretty much what it comes down to. I think, I again, I remember hearing the the allegations with Gable Stevenson uh, a while ago. I know that they were supposedly clear due to lack of evidence. That's a whole other can of worms. It's something that WWE was aware of when they brought him in. They were certainly aware of it when they put him on TV. Right. And they are taking a risk by using him in that capacity. I think some of the fans turned on Gable because of that. I think some of them turned on him because it's that Rocky, my via, this guy's being pushed down our throats problem. People had heard that Gable was not necessarily putting in the same amount of, of work and growth at the performance center as other people have. Maybe they feel there was a sense of entitlement. He is an Olympic gold medalist. He is somebody that they are invested in one way or the other, and they're going to see what he can do. And Cedric Alexander is the perfect litmus test, a guy that can go in there almost like that X-Pac measuring stick and say, does this guy have it or not? And if they ultimately determine you're not getting anything from him, I don't think they're going to be afraid to cut bait.
0: You know, you know, they did use their other Olympic gold medalist, uh, Kurt Angle, very well over the weekend. Um, I know you sent me a, a tweet that made you giggle. Do you want to explain to everybody this social phenomenon? This thing blew up over the weekend as well.
1: Sure. So there's that image of Kurt Angle uh, staring directly into the camera. That's become a meme of late and WWE on Fox. And I get it. Smackdown and Fox, not going to be a thing anymore. These guys are, they're, they're playing with house money right now. And whoever runs the WWE on Fox social media account, just chef's kiss to what you guys are doing. You're stealing my gimmick and I love it. Uh, they subtweeted a, a, a message from the Jacksonville Jaguars who were saying that Uh, postseason tickets will be going on sale and then Jacksonville yesterday in a spectacular collapse eliminated and not making it to the playoffs and I'm sure completely coincidentally the Jacksonville Jaguars happen to be owned by the Khan family who also own their own professional wrestling company and WWE on Fox very nicely (laughs) posting the Kurt Angle look uh, in response to that prior tweet it's petty it's stupid it's (laughs) terrible and I'm here for all of it
0: Wonderful use of the Kurt Angle. Wonderful use of Kurt Angle by WWE on Fox. Um, Well, last WWE item here uh, came from a WWE live event. Cody Rhodes is out of control. He's given away a Christmas tree. He's given away a broken table. And now uh, he spotted a fan with a sign that said, Cody Rhodes, will you be my best man? And... um, he saw the sign. He's on the microphone. He had a couple questions. First of all, he asked the guy, are you a felon or have you ever been committed, uh, convicted of a felony? The guy said no. Big pop. Loved it. Wonderful bit of exchange there at a live event. Cody then uh, at, requested that if they did it, it would take place on a weekday. Seems to be amicable there. And in the end, Cody agreed to be this random stranger's best man. He's committed to going into the wedding. I've been told. The wedding is not until 2025, so they got some time to figure this out. That's a scoop right there. But, um, yeah, Cody Rhodes is going to be the best man of a random fan's wedding. This man is insane, out of his mind. It,
1: at least Cody's going to finally finish
0: someone's story.
1: So I'm Hey-o! excited for him there.
0: Mm, the jokes they write themselves, yes. Uh, I loved it. Just a great great story, one of my favorites over the weekend. Uh, all right, well, also over the weekend – Whew. Uh, oh, man. Uh, so AEW did collision. And, you know, in the wake of the heart tweet, right, uh, from alleged uh, victim of Chris's um, and the non-answer by Tony Khan when confronted with has Chris Jericho ever been uh, uh, internally accused of sexual misconduct. Uh, a lot of questions still swirling around Chris. A lot of people still very upset at Chris, not happy with Chris. We were wondering how they were going to handle Chris Jericho here. Well, now we know. Uh, On Collision, they put him in a backstage vignette. Now, it sounds like this thing was filmed at Dynamite, aired on Collision. Um, They kept, you know, you talked earlier about keeping the live microphone on during a live segment. Ring aside there at SmackDown. Maybe should have cut the audio to the venue if you're going to try to pull this with Chris. Because they put him up on screen. The guy got booed, Robert you got boo just for being in a backstage segment and spoiler alert they are going to then put Chris and uh Sammy Guevara uh in a tag team championship match on Battle of the Belts this coming weekend against Ricky Starks Big Bill it's going to be a street fight my guess is they're going to start this thing backstage away from the fans and maybe bring it into the arena but Robert this this is, seems this seems really ill advised Considering how this how poorly this situation has been handled by crit like and, you know, what? and looking back on it just real quickly, like the the NDA tweet I put out where he blocked me. I feel like this could have just ended there if Chris had been like, you're an idiot. What are you talking about? And then shuffled along with his life, the inability to have killed it, then the inability to kill it the next day, the the hard tweet and then the inability for Tony to kill it there objectively very, very poorly handled, very, very poorly handled. What is going to happen here, man? I
1: mean, we know that Tony values nothing more than Battle of the Belts. It is the most important program he does all year. He clearly puts at least seconds of thought into it. So the fact that this is where Jericho and Sammy are getting their tag title shot really speaks volumes about what's going on right now in AEW, because this felt like a match that at first was going to be on the pay-per-view, was probably going to be on Dynamite even on collision, even on rampage, even on ring of honor, maybe being put on a VHS tape sent out somewhere. And instead (laughs) it's going to be on battle of the belts, uh, which will be seen by literally tens of people. And it's, it's bizarre. I'll, I'll give them that. I I think they're, they're trying to just kind of put their head down, hope for the best and move on and let, you know, time march forward or whatever cliche we want to do. Battle of the belts definitely feels a little bit like we're aware of what we're dealing with right here.
0: Yeah, I I just think it's I think it's being handled exceptionally poorly. I don't think the fans are going to be willing to let it go anytime soon. Um, I can't imagine them putting the AEW tag titles on Jericho and a tag team called Les Sex Gods at the moment. That seems uh, insane to me. And on the other side of this, I think Chris has well, he's got the crew's. We know that's going on later this month. And then I think he's got Fozzy a Fozzie tour going on in February. So, you know, this would seem to be if, look, he he earned the tag title shot. Kenny went down. They brought Sammy back. We got to get through this thing here. Uh, This is where you could have him lose and then take some time away from TV, uh, put together a way to uh, better address this, to to get the fans somehow back on your side maybe. But I don't know, man. Uh, Everybody that I talked to about how this situation would play out, told me to not expect really anything to happen um i don't know that that's entirely true here i feel like things have happened but they are they are trying to march forward uh regardless and i don't know that that's the best strategy if i'm given my punditry about this one look i for
1: one am sick and tired of having to talk about these sorts of issues and reading through what people are saying on wrestling shows just move on to the next next topic what's the next thing nick
0: Okay, so MLW commentator Matt Stryker made controversial comments at King's College M- co- regarding Matt, Matt Riddle. The back. I, that's why I said we're gonna end with Mustafa here in a little bit because the back half of this run sheet really not an upper guys, really not an upper. Um. So here's the first thing Matt R- Matt Stryker said. He said, "This guy Matt Riddle is a mega million dollar star. I don't care what he does in regard to them acquiring Matt Riddle. Of course, Matt Riddle." Also accused of uh, uh, aggravated sexual assault by Candy Cartwright, he settled that uh, out of court, um, and, you know, nobody's going to be talking about it. Um, He then says, let's talk about the elephant in the room. The court of public opinion would like to see Jacob Fatu slap the taste out of Matt Riddle's mouth, but the court of public opinion does not convict. I'm sorry. I know it's the world in which we live, but it's not the case. Man, oh, man, does that feel like somebody projecting really, really hard. Um, then uh, shortly after, Matt went online and like defended these comments saying he was like a heel. And he was just doing his job as like a heel commentator to get heat, I guess. Uh, then a woman came forward on X alleging that Stryker sexually assaulted her at an independent event by putting his hand down her pants because she said that. It was she was there with a friend who was a friend of his. And that was enough for him to, I guess, think he could have the pass to do that. As she said, anyway, what a mess. So then Matt Stryker wakes up the next morning after being inundated with all of this. And he decides he's going to issue an apology. He writes, I've given this a lot of thought, could not sleep. My critics are right. I was wrong. Tone deaf trying to use the guise of an art or character portrayal is self-preservation. Thank you to those. That shone light on this. It is now on me to stand in that light. I will be better. If the industry is trying to uh, fight back, pretend that these are not problems, uh, belittle the quote unquote court of public opinion, I cannot stress enough how effing stupid and old, just old school mentality that is not going to play in this environment today is it is not going to work. There's people are doing just stupid shit, Robert. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) look,
1: I Matt Riddle when he went down this this latest path with MLW and New Japan, it was all about showing um I can behave we're going to put everything in the, all the past behavior in the past. And we're going to focus on a brand new thing going forward. And we talked about this last week and it was hard for me to say positive things about MLW, but I did say how amazing Jacob Fatu is. And I get you're putting him in there with one of their biggest stars, putting Riddle in there, shining that light on Fatu. This could be great. I don't know what striker was necessarily thinking. If this is controversy creates cash, which is only the mindset of a lunatic. Uh, and you, you, go out there and you shine a light on the one thing you're not supposed to shine a light on thinking this is going to be edgy and fun. And all you're doing is, is piling on to what was already going to be a dicey touchy situation. And then doubling down by trying to play it in character and somebody else coming out and saying what, what they, what their uh, incident was with him. This whole thing is it's, it's ugly. It's marred in, in further controversy and it's all I heard about coming out of I don't know how the match was. I don't know how the show was. It's all I heard about was Stryker's commentary about what happened with Riddle. And this just feels like another mess.
0: Yeah. It's a totally unneeded Matt mess. Uh, if you're Matt Riddle, I'm sure you're not happy with Matt Stryker for doing this right now. Because again, like Matt is being given a chance here to rehabilitate his image. He went to new Japan. He's here in MLW. He had a chapter of his life go by. That was very, very negative. He lost his job because of a lot of that negativity. And now he's trying to move on and rebuild himself and get a second chance. And Matt Stryker just put a spotlight back on the one thing he did not want it to be on. I will also say this does feel like Matt. uh, I don't know. I I find it hard to, to, to separate this from the Chris Jericho situation because I feel like Matt was trying to make a much bigger point about like how people in the industry are being maligned right now. I mean, there's a list of people right now that have that have allegations over their head. Many of them we have talked about on this show today. It did feel like there's this, it just felt like there's this kind of pressure building up under Matt where he felt like he really needed to kind of say something in this moment. And it just absolutely blew up. I cannot express enough how poorly so many people are handing this period of time at pro wrestling.
1: Here's the worst part about this. and And this is where I will, I will, Cast the, the uh, you know, risk losing my WWE shill mentality here. Oh the allegations against Riddle were not seemingly what led to him uh, being severed from the company. It seems to have stemmed from whatever actions occurred at an airport where he was inebriated or something. And then, and that was, that seemed to be the public facing inciting incident that when they were going through their cuts, that they released Riddle and that, being the, the public narrative reason for why Riddle is gone is something Stryker could have leaned into. And instead, he goes the other route. WWE was still putting him on television when there were supposedly these allegations against him. And that's probably why they felt emboldened to go forward with Gable Steveson. I don't know exactly what they're thinking, what they're doing, but this was a real big misstep, I think, on, on MLW's part, Stryker's part, for even trying to craft that narrative it's a mess. It's gross. We don't have enough time left to sit here and talk about this no, nonsense. No. Let's end on something positive. We're going to end Please. on a positive. So, Billy and the CW. Oh, wait. No, no. That's no, sorry. No, we that don't have time for it. Billy. we more before that.
0: Sorry. No time for Billy and the CW. Uh, no, we're going to end here talking about Mustafa Ali. Uh, he flew across the pond. He went to France. He wrestled for APC. He picked up the win. After the match, he cut this impassioned promo. You can go find it over at houseofwrestling.com. Fully transcribed the whole nine yards. Basically saying he wants to see uh, changes within the industry. He wants to see veterans lifting up younger talent. He also talked about how there has never been a promoter he worked for that said uh, fans would get behind or chant the name Mustafa Ali. Uh, big chance there from everybody in the crowd. He's going to be back. Uh, his next match is going to take place this Friday in Chicago. He's taking on El Gringo Loco. Uh, I will be there uh, for that match. Very excited to see that uh, and act, uh, take place in person. But it was a great match. Uh, great promo. Very happy to see Ali kicking off his world tour and uh, keeping the focus on him and the good work he's doing and using his, his platform to, to try to do some good with the industry.
1: Look, I'm just happy he was on an airplane and there were no allegations that came out after of him doing anything inappropriate. Yeah. That, that it's yeah. Look, he's yes. a, he's proven to be a fantastic ambassador of pro wrestling during his time in WWE. When he has left WWE, he has shown how to have a graceful exit and find a way to make himself profitable make himself marketable and produce what's now going to be a series of must-see matches not just domestically but internationally so kudos to to Mustafa Ali and what he is doing uh happy to put a spotlight on on something positive here at yes. the end of this show um another positive note it's monday there's raw tonight i think raw is going to be a really fun show i'm i'm excited to to tune in live for that
0: same as me robert and that brings us to time here we will talk all about raw and everything else that comes out in the next 24 hours on tomorrow's installment of rumor Window. you can again watch us live noon eastern on x and youtube and of course if you can't watch us live find us over on your preferred podcast feed and if you are listening to us in podcast form please leave us a nice comment a a rating a review all that stuff helps Uh, we didn't read a review On um, Monday, on Friday's show. So we'll try to read some throughout the week here. I'll try to get one in tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, we are welcoming a special guest. If you loved Ivar the Micro on Friday's episode, and I know a lot of people did, we got a lot of very positive feedback about Ivar. We have another cast member from Big Little Brawlers that's going to be joining us. It's going to be Pinky. And of course, that show officially debuts on Discovery tomorrow night, 10, 9 central. So you could check out the debut episode and then come here on Wednesday to hear from one of the people on the show. I'm at Nick underscore Hausman. You can find me over at houseofwrestling.com.
1: On behalf of the super positive Nick Hausman, I'm Robert Karpelis. Best of luck in your future endeavors.